0: What's the matter, Chris? You jealous? Welcome to No Sanity Required from the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. (laughs) Right now, if you're listening to this and you are a regular listener, you're probably so confused by that intro. So that's from a story, there's a girl that used to work here, I say used to work here, Steph Gatton had her hand in everything at SWO, and so she was, she wore a lot of hats, she was part marketing, part recruiting, part programming, part my administrative assistant, she this was in the, kind of the golden era of SWO, and we were growing from just nothing as a ministry just teeny tiny our early beginnings and Steph came in i think it was in our first our fifth year of operation that she came here and the lord just used her man in an awesome way she she grew as a young christian i think she came here when she was 20 and she spent 10 years serving here met her husband here he uh, Oliver was a a dude that came and served went through our old school program and then served on staff and they got married and Man, they're just—they're an awesome family. To this day, got to see Oliver recently because he was at the Be Strong conference we recently had, and so which is—that's uh, our men's conference. But they've got uh, a parcel full of kids, awesome little little people that love Jesus. I believe I get man, I can't keep up with it. I think they got five kids. I think they got, but anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So, so Steph was from Chicago. So she had this Chicago accent, man. We used to give her heck all the time, make fun of her and give her a hard time. And she was also like textbook Yankee like i'm not saying that to be ugly because so many of my friends and people that i love so much now are from up north but it's always fun to give somebody from up north a hard time about being a yankee and you know the deal you got to dish it if you're going to dish it out you got to take it so uh i have to get made fun of for being a dumb hick and uh and for having a dumb hick accent which i'm okay with that too so uh so anyhow um it's funny. So blah blah blah. So uh, back back to the story. So Steph is from. Sorry, I just got sidetracked. So just so you know, I'm a little ADD today. I've got the windows up. It's it's legit fall weather, man. It's like sunny and in the high fifties, uh, low sixties now. I'm I'm recording mid afternoon, early afternoon, and it's like, gosh, I bet it's sixty degrees sunny. I'm in a t-shirt. My little recording area which is in my study area at my house is in an old shed under a big huge poplar tree um right under several big oak trees and it's just awesome and sun shining um it's fall leaves are turning so anyway uh, excuse the background noises you might hear those are outdoor noises um because i've got all the windows and doors open but, uh, so anyway, got sidetracked. So where's the, where's the, what's the matter, Chris? Are you jealous thing come from? It was a, uh, some, I think Steph, when she was working here, her accent changed, not drastically, but like she lost that hard Northern accent she had had as a kid. And she told us that, but we didn't realize it, you know, it, depending on where you're from, you don't think you have an accent. You think other people have an accent until you're around people from other places and you're the minority. So, Everybody pretty much has got an accent of some sort. And so she got I guess she got off to college and and uh, then got to Snowbird and she just kinda her her dialect or her brogue changed a little bit and so we saw this uh a video her mom sent her, I think. It was an old it was an old video, home Recorded video when she was a little kid and she said, what's the matter, Chris? You jealous? And he was her brother. Chris was her brother. What's the matter, Chris? You jealous? So man, we started to give her heck about that. And so anytime the word jealousy comes up, that's what we, we think about, but I want to talk about jealousy today. Last episode, we talked about hypocrisy. So hey, man, if we're going to beat the heck out of each other and if I'm going to take a beating and you as a listener are going to take a beating. We talked about hypocrisy let's talk about jealousy that's another that's another insecurity motivated uh issue that a lot of Christians have to fight through and deal with and so what is jealousy jealousy that whole man, I want what you've got whether it's status or notoriety or approval or material possession it could be connected to covetousness, which is wanting something somebody else' has got I guess you know like or or again, wishing I had the status somebody else has got. You know, I see this a lot, man. I, I hate to say this and I've been guilty of this, especially early in my life and my ministry is man, it's, it's hard to not want to have the ministry somebody else has got or the effectiveness somebody else has got or the giftings that God gave somebody else, you know, like maybe God gave one person a great sense of humor or the ability to tell stories. And the next person is just not too good at either one of those things, but wants to be, that's tough, man. It's hard. So So, uh, thought it'd be good to, to follow up the hypocrisy conversation, talk about jealousy. And so I'm going to, I'm going to do this. This would be pretty quick. I'm going to walk through nine observations about jealousy, nine observations about jealousy. The last one or the last, uh, three so the first 6 are kind of like warnings be aware this is this is what can happen and the last 3 are more okay here's some things that are that's good to know where jealousy can be good or ways that we can combat bad jealousy okay so let's just walk through these nine things thoughts on jealousy number 1 jealousy grows from dissatisfaction with Jesus and what he has for me there's a lack of satisfaction And so I need to press into Jesus and press into his word because that's going to be the source of my joy, confirmation of my identity and satisfaction with who I am in Christ. Man, I I can't, that that one's number one on the list because it's so important to learn how to be satisfied in Christ alone. Um, man, the, the Lord has done so much for us and, each one of us that has received the, the beautiful gift of salvation and his very wonderful grace to save us. And most of us have so many things we can be thankful for. And I know a lot of, I know a lot of people are hurting a lot of people dealing with abuse or anxiety or depression or loss, man, somebody that you love has died and you're, and you're dealing with difficulty, but jealousy is a different level of dissatisfaction that says I'm, I'm dissatisfied with the giver of all things, which is the Lord. And I wish I had what this other person has. And so jealousy, the first thing, the first observation is just recognizing that jealousy grows from dissatisfaction with Jesus and what he has for me in my life. So first observation, second observation, jealousy dehumanizes others. People become hurdles. Hurdles obstacles, objects, etc. Read that again. Number two, jealousy dehumanizes others. People become hurdles, obstacles, objects, etc. So think about, uh, think about Cain and Abel, right? So Cain and Abel are the first two guys that we see in scripture who are, um, who are not, uh, the first two humans born. So Adam and Eve, God creates, and then their first two offspring are Cain and Abel, these two brothers. And most everybody knows the story, but the one brother Cain is not satisfied with, um, the situation and the circumstances. Um, God has accepted Abel's offering and has not accepted Cain's offering. And, and so, uh, what, what the jealousy that Cain has does is it dehumanizes his brother Abel once he's dehumanized him he's just a hurdle he's an obstacle he's not even human he's an object so he kills him he destroys him jealousy dehumanizes others and you might not fall into the way of Cain where you take somebody's life god forbid and and, and i don't think that's the 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 big issue for most of us i hope not i'm i'm assuming not but dehumanizing somebody can take on a lot of other sort of uh, like applications or manifestations, just the way you see someone, you don't see them with the compassion and love of Jesus as someone who's an image bearer of God. Number three, jealousy reflects deep insecurity. Jealousy reflects deep insecurity. So a person who is jealous is insecure. This is, this is another one of the things we talked about in the last episode, talking about hypocrisy. We said, you know, hypocrisy is rooted in insecurity um, jealousy is too. it. I, if I'm insecure, I'm not secure. I'm not confident in who I am. I'm not confident in who God created me to be. Then the result will be, um, that I'll start to look at what other people have. I'll start to see what other people have. I'll desire to be or have and do what other people uh, are, have and do. And that's jealousy. It drives jealousy. And, um, so that I think I think jealousy reflects deep insecurity. Number four, jealousy reveals a desire to control and maintain some level of power. Jealousy reveals a desire to control and maintain some level of power, thus reflecting a lack of submission to God. Whew, that's a big one. That's a mouthful, but it's also pretty intense. So jealousy shows that I'm not in submission to God because what I'm trying to do is take control of the situation. I want to be in charge. I want to be in control. I want to determine an outcome. Um, let me think of an example. Uh, looking for, I want to get into this college. I want to get into this college, this program and a so, graduate program. Let's say it's a graduate program and it's very competitive and a friend applies and I apply and we both want to get into it. That friend gets in and I don't. Do I trust that that's, part of God's plan and purpose for my life or do I become consumed with consumed with how can I control the circumstances and 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 not submit to God but try to force something to happen that isn't in God's plan and it, and so then it could be that that's driven by a great disappointment but it it could be motivated by jealousy at what someone else has gotten to experience that that is clearly not God's plan for me number 5 jealousy robs a person of joy That's self-explanatory. Jealousy robs a person of joy. You cannot be a jealous person who is also a happy person. Just simply put, jealous people are not happy people. Jealous people are not happy people. Number six, jealousy brings others along with you. You will drag others into the fray. This will take on the form of taking sides or choosing teams. So jealousy brings others along with you. You'll drag others into the frame. In other words, my jealousy will motivate, uh, other people to act in one way or another. So if I'm jealous, it's going to affect the way I'm acting towards someone. Um, see if I can uh, use illustrate this in code. I don't want to, I don't want to expose anybody. Like I, I've I've seen this happen recently where, um, someone was jealous of another person's situation and it had to do with the relationship. And so that person drug other people into her disappointment and projected that on the people in the relationship. So pretty soon you've got division within the body of Christ. Now, uh, in Proverbs, the scripture says, I read this this morning, um, in the Proverbs, I think it's in Proverbs six, the scripture says there's seven things God hates Proverbs six or seven, I think six, seven things the Lord hates. And it goes through this list. And one of them is someone who sows discord among the brothers and so jealousy sows discord. It brings other people into dissatisfaction. Okay, now let's turn to the positive, three positive observations and thoughts. The first one, and this is number seven. We've got nine observations. Number seven, which is the first positive thing. Number seven, the jealousy God has is perfect, righteous, and good, and is different than the human fleshly jealousy we've been looking at, talking about. So there's some jealousy that drives us toward God. And what that looks like is the fact that God demands worship that brings us into his presence and makes us more like him, thus giving us purpose, value, and drive. Let me read this again. God is a jealous God. And so we've, we, we, we know this to be true. The scripture teaches that God is jealous. But it's not the kind of jealousy we've been talking about in the first six observations. The jealousy God has is perfect righteous and good and is different than human fleshly jealousy that kind of jealousy drives man toward god demanding worship that brings us into the presence of god and makes us more like god thus giving us purpose value and drive so in other words because everything that god does everything that god thinks everything that god says is, is good and right and true. Then when God, when the scripture speaks of God being jealous, then that's a good jealousy. What it means is it's, it's a jealous passion for his own glory that when we are drawn into that and experience it, we gain more purpose and value and motivation. So it's a good thing. Uh, number eight, eighth observation, there's nine of them total eighth observation. There is such a thing as good jealousy, but it looks like jesus and works to make me and others more like jesus not less like him for instance uh, a godly mom or dad would be uh, uh jealous for his children or her children against the world and what it offers and its delusions so i'm gonna be jealous for my kids i want them to i want them to desire what is offered in terms of fellowship and community and love in the home than to look to the world. Another example would be a husband or wife having expectations of exclusivity in a relationship. So this is where we're watching a program recently. Um, it was a, it was a, a movie. The, the setting was somewhere world war two in great Britain. And there was a guy and a girl and you, the first couple scenes, you assume that they're a couple. Then you find out that she is in a relationship engaged to be married to another guy. And it just feels uncomfortable because you're like, man, they're and, and they they describe their relationship as one of friendship and there's nothing sensual or sexual or or perverse. Like, uh, but you see them interact in a real personal way that you just feel like, man, that's kind of that should that kind of that level of intimacy should be reserved for a husband and wife. So so like I'm not going to uh, so. So here's here. Let me get tell you a story I was talking to Rob Conti recently about a a woman that we had both. Uh, been involved with counseling her and her husband at us at a SWO event and he had gotten a follow-up call from this person uh, the the lady and she was saying hey I, I need some more counsel now there was nothing I, she was not Angling at anything inappropriate. So please, I'm I'm not saying that. Just she was desperate and they were in between churches. They had just moved to a new area, didn't have a relationship with a pastor or pastoral team. And she's seeking counsel. So she calls up and, and, uh, and so Rob, Rob takes the call. She wanted to talk to a SWO pastor and he had had that conversation with her before. So he's talking to her and then there's a point where she's saying things about her husband where she's just complaining about him. And he said, you know what? This is, it's not healthy. For you to complain about your husband while talking to me, that's thats not – i am uh, while talking to another man. Even though it's by phone 600 miles away or whatever and, and it's a one-time conversation, there are certain sacred bounds that jealousy – the right kind of jealousy draws those boundaries and you don't go outside of them. So husbands and wives should have good jealousy, not bad jealousy. I know another couple that recently we counseled where – the husband was so controlling he wouldn't let the wife go to the grocery store without setting a timer that's that's not good jealousy she She came home one evening at like nine fifteen she'd gotten off work at seven she'd gone to the grocery store, got tied up talking to a friend. One thing led to another she gets home he was expecting her home by nine she's home at nine fifteen he rants, complains, yells, you know like that's that's controlling consuming jealousy that doesn't love well, so there is a good jealousy. But it's a, it's a jealousy that has expectations of exclusivity in a relationship. There's certain levels of intimacy that only a husband and wife should share, for instance. And then last number nine, this is the last one. Jealousy is best combated with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving produces joy. Joy executes and kills jealousy. So jealousy is best combated with Thanksgiving. When I'm thankful. I'm going to have joy. I'm going to, that joy that is produced is produced with thanksgiving in my heart, in my soul, in my mind. Um, so joy produces thanksgiving, which overwhelms and overthrows jealousy. In conclusion, even secular psychology and psychologists have written and taught extensively on the effects of jealousy in a person. For us as believers, we must press into Jesus, press into his word, love others well and rejoice over the goodness of the Lord so that we might find contentment. And the scripture teaches us, remember that godliness with contentment is great gain. Thanks for tuning in. Fight jealousy, jealousy, kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it. What's the matter, Chris? You jealous? Chris need Jesus. Then he wouldn't have been jealous. That would have been the solution to that problem. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at SWOutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.